0: Okay, welcome back, Episode Three, First Word Podcast. It's your boy, First Letter, back here again. I've uh, been going for a little minute. You know, a lot of things going on in the past week, and uh, I was sick this past week. And I was supposed to get this third episode out to you guys um, yesterday. Actually, it was supposed I had been recorded this past Friday, but I was, you know, feeling a little under the weather. Had to. <clears throat> take some time out. But um back here, a lot of interesting things have been going on. Um gonna start off with these NBA finals, man. Uh I don't know what to say about it other than I'm not surprised that the Cavaliers got swept. Um the frustration has been evident to me since the Boston series and how close they came to being eliminated by Boston. Um, it's a sign of the times also of this whole changing of the guards. It's something that I had mentioned in the, the one of my prior episodes of how the media and the entertainment industry has a way of replacing and creating new heroes. So in turn, they'll take someone who was built up to be like this grand phenom in this case LeBron James and now they're slowly transitioning him out you know as the old guy and now we see more talk not even about Steph Curry but now the the focus and the spotlight is being placed on Kevin Durant which doesn't take anything away from Kevin Durant I think Kevin Durant is very talented and I don't like the Warriors myself, I'm not a Warriors fan at all, but I have to respect the fact that Kevin Durant is actually getting what he deserves, because he's a top player, he's a top-tier player, I would put him in my top five, you know, when we get into the basketball discussions. So, getting into the finals, um, LeBron had no support, he had no help, and it seemed like everyone around him just collapsed, you know, everything that I guess he worked hard for all the guys that he vouched, you know, to pull them over and get them to Cleveland, you know, everything that he had to go through with the GM, um, with the coaching staff to to get some of these guys, you know, like Rodney Hood, you know, Kyle Corver. um, I'm not going to speak on Kevin Love because Kevin Love would had he was non existent throughout this entire playoff run. I mean, for the season i don 't know Kevin Love has been shaky ever since the ever since he came to cleveland that 's in my opinion but um it 's a sign of the times you know LeBron definitely is aging, and we all saw it. You know his game shows you know he 's not the same LeBron that he was three seasons ago. Um, he's getting older. I believe he'll be 33 by this year's end, and he desperately wants that next ring, which is understandable because he's a competitor. LeBron is a great competitor. A lot of people trash talk and they talk shit about LeBron and they say he's such a crybaby, but you know you can't really you you can't really speak on anyone's behavior or anyone's level of competitiveness or how they go about um, displaying or expressing how competitive they are, you know, until you've actually been in these types of circumstances. You know, he just wants to win, and he's frustrated. You know, the broken hand, you know, was something that surprised me. I didn't even realize that until after, I believe it was game four, and they said that um, he was playing through the whole series, I, I think since the second game with a broken hand due to him punching a blackboard. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I hope that he takes his time during the offseason. You know, he gets himself together, sits down with his team of, you know, uh, managers or whoever he has in his camp. And they make the right decision for next season. You know, personally, I would want him to go to Philadelphia. Um, There's a lot of talk already about him going to Houston. A lot of people saying that he should just go to Houston and play with Harden and, and CP. But I really don't think that that's a great idea because it's not going to work out, in my opinion, because those are two guys in James Harden and Chris Paul that demand the ball a lot. And it's going to be a hard thing to bring another guy in who demands the ball just as much or even more in LeBron James and how are they going to be able to fit him into that offense? You know, so I don't necessarily think that's the better move. I think somewhere like Philadelphia would be a good place for, for LeBron to call home next season. You know, got a lot of young talent on Philadelphia. You know, they they've proven themselves, you know, this whole playoff run that they've embarked on. You know, even though it was short-lived, they still proved themselves, and I think Philadelphia has the potential to be a great team moving into the years ahead. So this episode is going to be significantly shorter than episode two because my co-host Little Debbie isn't here with me today, and it's just me by myself. And, um, you know, I'm just going to talk off the top of the head about some different topics that have been popping up you know, lately in the news, but I had to just begin it with the NBA Finals because I I don't know what to say about it. You know, I wasn't happy. I'm still not happy with the fact that Golden State won, but it is what it is, you know, out with the old, in with the new. This is the program, and I, and I use the word program because it, that's all it is, entertainment, industry, sports, Um, film, television, it's all programming, you know, and as people, the mass public, we really shouldn't get too invested into all of the things that they're trying to force feed us. You know, everything is a distraction at the end of the day, and it's to keep you on the lowest possible vibration um, that you can be functioning on. So moving along from that, um, got some information on this whole Jay Prince, Drake situation. Now, I know I've covered this Pusha T and Drake thing with the past two episodes, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it with this episode here, but some interesting news about Jay Prince and Drake. So, I predicted this maybe two weeks now or maybe three weeks since the first episode of this podcast that Drake had ammunition he he was cocked and ready to go and he had an album a 10-track album pieced together that was gonna destroy good music but not only good music come to find out Drake was really gonna start exposing a lot of shit out here that people and when I say people I mean the mass public Aren't hip to now. This gets deep, and you got to bear with me on this one. This is going to be a lot. So, apparently, Drake pulled no punches, the gloves came completely off, and not only exposing Kanye West, Pusher T, but a lot of our favorite rappers and a lot of the most lyrical rappers out here in the music industry in terms of having ghostwriting. Now, I've heard that Drake mentions Will Smith and how Will Smith never, even to this day, never wrote anything that he's ever been on and how Will Smith has always paid top dollar to have the best rappers the best lyrical rappers write for him and it went as far back as to throw Rakim's name into the mix now um in this in this this record and how Rakim wrote lyrics for Dr Dre and the real reason behind Rakim losing his deal with Aftermath was because he no longer wanted to be just a ghostwriter. And he wanted to come out with his own projects, and Dr. Dre really wasn't trying to have that. Now, I don't know how true this is, but you have to understand something. For Jay Prince to want to get involved in something that has nothing to do with him, technically, because it kind of does have something to do with him, with Drake being connected to him and being connected to rap a lot, You have to first understand who Jay Prince is and how long he's actually had his foot in the door in terms of the music industry, not just hip hop, but in terms of the music industry. So Jay Prince has been around to see a lot of shit, been through a lot of of shit himself personally, and has also been in a position where he tried to broker a sit down between Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls before their untimely demises. So if a person like Jay Prince, an OG, if you will, in the game, has to step in because of records that are being, how can I say, records that are being put out between rappers, the information on there must be so damaging and it will mess up a lot of money, not only for him, But it will mess up a lot of money for a lot of people. So he had to step in on some SOS type shit to tell Drake, listen, cut it, end it right now. Because one thing that Drake also was going to do, and this shit is is really deep. And this is something that I'm going to explain to you after I make this point. Drake was also going to get into the fact of the Jewish... Influence, the heavy Jewish influence within the hip hop industry, within the entertainment industry as a whole. And Drake was going to expose, again, some of your favorite rappers who are out there doing sexual favors, um, who've had to go through uh, perverted rituals to get their deals, to get a lot of promotions to go their way, to get a lot of these seven figure checks. It, the shit is very, very, very messy. And I can understand why Jay Prince had to step in and intervene because it would have gone to a place that was further than where it is right now. And it, it would have made the atmosphere and made the climate more difficult for not only Drake to maneuver out here and to earn a living, but it probably would have fucked up a lot of things for Jay Prince as well. Now, going back to the heavy Jewish influence within the music industry, I talk about this in private almost every week with my peers and with people that I know, even with little Debbie. Like, I discuss this with her all the time about some of the sick things that go on behind closed doors within this industry. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and said, you know, I don't want to call any names, but let's say there was there was an alleged verse aimed at Kanye and where Drake alludes to him actually giving one of these Jewish guys a handjob or something like that. And for me, it doesn't surprise me because this is the type of thing that's been happening for years. It just doesn't see the light of day because this is not the shit that they want to put out there, you know. But um, if you look at certain artists, you know, I'm going to use Young Thug as an example. If you look at an artist like Young Thug, okay, why is this young black man right consistently walking around? parading himself in women's clothing, women's garments, but he's one of the highest paid artists out here. You got to think about that and question it. So, it wouldn't surprise me if he did come out and say these things, but it would probably shock a lot of the mass public and a lot of the fans who aren't, you know, tuned with this this knowledge. But um, you know, it would really do a lot to destroy other people's living situation in terms of how they earn their money I should say and it would really hinder Drake and in terms of his deals or what he might have had on the table um, in the future you know because people don't realize but Drake is half Jewish himself so he's in tune with a lot that goes on within the Jewish community and I've said this time and time again to people not on this podcast. This is like the only time that I will speak on this unless I have to bring it up again. But there is a extremely heavy Jewish influence within the music industry. You cannot go anywhere within the music industry or within the space of entertainment, whether you are a producer, whether you are an artist, singer, actor. Any type of classic, excuse me, classically trained musician without going through handlers, if you will, or gatekeepers within this industry. It's just that real. And it gets deep. I myself, you know, I I produce records, you know, among the other shit that I get into. And there are a lot of things that I don't get credited for because it's just the way it goes. A lot of records, a lot of tracks that I've submitted in the past, you know, it'll start off like, you know, I work them up. I do the arrangements. I produce everything. I send them in. I submit them. Then, you know, I have to take I have to take a hit because it will go on to someone else's project and I will not get full production credit or I won't get production credit at all. I'll still get compensated for it, but I just won't get the credit that I'm supposed to get. And this type of shit happens all the time. But if you're not on that superstar level, like say a Drake, this is going to happen to you until you get there. But it's a question of what you are willing to do in order to get there. That's going to determine how fast someone goes from being a novice level artist, producer, actor, or musician to be in superstar status. It's ugly out here, people. And I totally understand why Jay Prince intervened and he stepped in because at first I thought it was a little corny that Jay Prince actually did that because what it felt like to me was, you know, when kids bully each other, right? And the bully gets hit. To the point where he can't take it And the bully goes for his older brother Or the bully goes for his dad To come and kind of intervene or to step in But no, you were being the bully And then you run and you go to get someone To kind of like squash it I thought that was the situation But now that I have the new information That was brought to me It all makes sense It's for the greater good that this shit stops Because honestly I think if drake were to release an album exposing not only artists <clears throat> um but exposing the industry as a whole i think he would have had a much bigger problem than his adidas deal going through or issues with Pusha T, because there was even an alleged shot at the kardashian witch coven and i speak about this all the time to my peers again and in private about the Kardashians. So it was alleged that Drake also took shots at Kim and the entire family. And a lot of people may think the way that I do in regards to the Kardashian clan, you just have to simply look at the history of the men that have come in contact or who have had dealings With the women in this family and who have been laid to complete ruin. The only person that I give props to that has actually got in there and got out just as soon as he has is Ray J. Because you got to think about it like this. Kanye West went from college dropout, Mr. Pro Black, you know, very militant in the way that he moved. You know, you could even feel his passion in the music to where we, where we are at now in the current state of his career, you know, the music isn't the same. It's very soulless. It's It's hollow. You know, even though the records have a lot of kick to them, you know, sonically, the records are very shallow. They're very hollow. It's missing that substance that made Kanye a favorite of mine and inspired me to want to produce records in the past. You know, and I brought up Lamar Odom before and I'm not going to get into that. But you look at Lamar Odom, study his career in terms of him being drafted into the NBA up until where he is now. It's very scary. So I understand again why Jay Prince had to intervene and had to step in and tell Drake to call it quits because people were definitely going to get hurt if Drake would have just had let this shit fly honestly but my advice to any person out here who's inspired to become you know the next professional athlete or the next professional actress actor musician rapper producer or what have you do what you do and look at it from a perspective of having fun because it's always great when you have fun and you do what it is that you love to do you put your soul into it but don't ever put your integrity up for grabs because a lot of these celebrities that you see they are doing a lot of wild sick shit behind closed doors and it's not really what you think it is i've been in situations myself where i've had managers And I've seen things, and I can tell you this, hip-hop itself isn't what a lot of people think it is. There are no, absolutely no tough guys out here in hip-hop music. I think the last set of tough guys we had in hip-hop, they are all done away with now. DMX is locked in jail. Um, The locks, I don't know what's going on with those brothers. They have juice bars and things like that. Um, L. O. Cool J, he's complacent with his, you know, acting career, and he's an elder statesman anyway. Um, you know, just a lot of the older guys that we had. My brother, Prodigy, dead and gone. Okay, Mob Deep. You understand what I'm saying? Tupac, again, big, gone. Wu Tang. These guys are all are all older statesmen in this game. These are the elders. So now it made room for a lot of the infiltration within the music industry. There are no tough guys out here. It's all image. Everything that you see down to what you hear is all a facade. And it's all designed to program you and to keep you at your lowest level of vibration. So, Without sounding too much like a conspiracy theorist, I'm going to wrap this shit up right now because I know y'all tired of listening to my dry ass. So I appreciate you for tuning in again this week and listening to episode three. I will be back again with episode four a lot sooner, you know, unless anything else comes up. And uh, oh, yeah, before I I, I get off of this, I got to send out a big shout out to EA Sports and Visual Concepts 2K Sports for allowing me the time out of the busy schedules that both of you guys had for me to pitch my ideas for the soundtracks for NBA 2K19 and NBA Live 19. I appreciate you wholeheartedly, all of the game developers that I've been nagging, all of the music coordinators that I've been harassing. I appreciate you guys 100%. And uh, I'll be back next year when you guys are ready to start on Live 20 and 2K20. I'll be back again with more harassment. And this time, you'll have no choice but to, you know, run with my ideas. But again, thanks again to EA Sports and also Visual Concepts and 2K Sports. You guys are awesome. So this is your boy First Letter, First Word Podcast, signing off.